0: Cut it no
1: more Want a great big Of your right to my Got an SUV six drive
0: Well Richard, thank God We finally ended this trip with uh, The last show at Long Beach, California I agree Carl It's been a long, long haul And I'm just you know glad that we've done it The Hey, wait a minute. You're not Richard. What are you doing here, Miller? Oh, Carl, you noticed. Yeah, well, I was talking to Richard
2: and he said, you know, he didn't want to do this anymore. He said, you know, the fifty fifty show curse, he really doesn't like you. That was just a joke, man. No, he doesn't like you that much, and and it's really he said that I could be
0: the co host. I don't believe you.
3: Hello, Miller. Oh, Richard. You've decided to show up. Sorry I'm late. I couldn't find any pants.
2: Oh, yeah, that's the problem. I've heard that's going around a lot. So
3: I went looking for some pants, and I ended up looking in your bag. And guess what I found in your bag, Miller?
2: It looks like you found a pair of my pants. These
3: are my pants. Oh. And all of my pants were in your
0: bag, Miller. I got to go, Carl. I'll see you. Okay, man? All right, Mark. Well, I guess that settles that mystery. Richard Campbell is not leaving after 50 shows. You're on for the long haul, honey. I'll sign on for another 50. How about that? Uh well, okay. If I, I'll take what I can get. All right. We'll talk again in 50 shows. So here we are with the last group of the last show, The Road Trip. I'm almost sad, but everybody's got a beer almost, and they look pretty happy to me. Yeah! And uh, wow, we had a good show today. Oh, went really well, didn't it? It was a lot of fun. Lots of extra swag, too. Yeah, lots of extra swag. I like particularly how you guys were like tossing t-shirts during my some of my funniest uh, songs of Clementine. There Went well, didn't it? Yeah, it did. It did go well. Well, we're uh, ready to talk to the crowd, so let's talk to the first guest. Our first guest is Mark Rosenberg. Hi, Mark. Hi, how are you? Good. Good luck. Glad to finally meet you. We've been emailing for uh, weeks and weeks and weeks now.
4: Uh- seems like years.
0: Yeah, it does, actually. <laughs> How you been? Who are you and what do you do? Um, my name is Mark Rosenberg. I'm a
4: .NET developer. I've been working for about uh, six years on .NET. Um not even not, not six years because it hasn't been out six years. Let's try that again. Well, Four. as long as humanly as possible. Long, as long as humanly possible. Uh, started on it when it first came out in two thousand and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the last uh, six months or so, I've been uh, working as speaker relations for a .dot net user group in Southern California. Very cool. Uh, booking our speakers. So that's SoCal .dot net. SoCal .dot net, which was have... the uh, host group for tonight. You and you have a bunch of groups in this area that uh, we're all here tonight. We have uh, three groups .dot net user groups in LA County. There's two in Orange County. Um, there's another two in San Diego County. So for the wow. Southern California area, we're pretty well saturated. Amazing.
0: And there's yeah. one in the Inland Empire too, right? That's correct.
4: There's one in the Inland Empire, and I believe there's another one in even farther east than that. So
0: how about on Big Bear Mountain? They have the like the Big Bear Mountain .dot net user group out there. You know, you get to fly your plane, go up, have some Chinese food, <laughs> talk .dot net, come back down. Not that I know of at no? the moment. okay okay. Uh,
4: good idea to start one now. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Woody. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, so let's get the budget going for this. We need three planes. We need... Uh... <laughs> so what do you do when you're not uh, running the user group?
4: When I'm not running the user group, I'd write... Uh, let's see, currently writing an application that's an accounting... Full accounting package in uh, ASP.NET. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, I was working for a company, and we wrote a uh, program that would sell tele- local telephone service.
0: So, wait a minute. An accounting package in ASP.NET? A custom accounting package. Really? That's interesting, because an accounting package seems like lots of inputs and lots of you know, Excel kind of like things. Actually, that was the old accounting package, was Excel. Ah. <laughs> and so ASP.NET must have been a challenge to get the right kind of UI to make that work. Uh, it's a lot of work. There's a lot of JavaScript in it, uh, which mm. is not a lot of fun to write. Yeah.
4: Especially because they don't have a good debugger for JavaScript yet. Right, right. So, what's the motivation to do accounting on ASP.NET? Uh, we're still using 2002, and uh, it's really hard to get uh, smart clients to work right in 2002. So, it makes it much easier to upgrade things and just send it down the wire. Also, we have people that aren't within the firewall, and in order to exchange information, it works better with ASP.NET. So you're actually within
3: the company using ASP.NET in the local, and then you also have external clients that are using web as well.
4: Actually, we have external offices that are using the web to get in. Oh, we I We have see. offices in uh, seven states.
0: Do you plan to uh, migrate your core assemblies to Windows someday, or is this something you'd have to re- rewrite or... We are not planning currently to move
4: most of the stuff that we've already written. However, we're writing an application for order entry and that's going to be in Windows Forms. Because cool. that needs to be more responsive than what we've done.
0: So aside from work, do you have any projects that are going on that are more fun than, you know, the mundane day to day stuff we do? Uh the main main projects I have
4: outside is the user group. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you write software for the user group or?
4: Uh not yet. Yeah. We are looking for help to do that. We want to be able to, we're using .NET Nuke, and we'd like to be able to have some custom modules built. Yeah. So if anyone's in the Southern California area and would like to write some .NET Nuke modules, we would really like to hear from you.
0: There you go. Well, .NET Nuke has been a sort of a a red thread through all of the talks that we've done here. You know, a lot of people bring up the fact that they're using it and uh, love it. It makes it
4: real easy to get started on a website, but it uh, has some limitations.
0: Sure. Yeah. So here's your chance to plug or slam or smack down or, or say hi, Mom, or anything you want to say.
4: Uh, hi, Mom. Hi, Dad. I'm here with Carl. and Oh, hi, Rory. I'm here. with. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually the first speaker at the user group here last May. Yeah, yeah. And he was a lot of fun. He is a, a brilliant guy, isn't he? He is very brilliant. Yeah. And he actually sent me the original... Chromium Tip Tweezer's email. (laughs) The ones and zeros. Which I have at home and have forwarded to various people in this room. (laughs) Just
0: never ends, does
4: it? No. Well, that email was like three pages long. Yeah, yeah. That's a classic. Very much so.
0: So what's next for you?
4: Well, I kind of like where I'm working, and unless Microsoft is offering me that big job, which I have been talking to Gretchen about off and on, but... (laughs) She hasn't found the right job for me yet, which, unless she does, I'm going to stay where I am. We've got four or five more big packages to write.
0: Maybe in the ASP.net accounting department, you get a job with uh, that team. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, but I
4: did did work on the beta testing for uh, Microsoft Office Accounting. Oh, cool. Interesting. Wow. Which just got released, so. Yeah. I don't think I'm breaking an NDA by saying that now.
0: No. I have to go take a look at that. That looks pretty cool. So is that based on something that they acquired before?
4: No. They this, wrote it pretty much from scratch. You know what I'm thinking it, of?
0: the uh, the Their big accounting package that they bought, Microsoft? That was Great Plains. Yeah, Great Plains. Right, Great That's Plains.
4: That's actually bigger than this. Uh, they didn't Microsoft use any Office any Accounting any of is actually designed to compete with QuickBooks. Oh, I see. And Great Plains is... Hey, man,
0: I thought Microsoft Money was designed to compete with no, no that's, that's quick in. Uh, Microsoft yes, yes. Money
4: is quick in, office accounting is QuickBooks, okay. and Great Plains was actually I worked at a dot com in when I it ran out with before it ran out of dot money. Uh- and, <laughs> and uh Great Plains was the least expensive major accounting package that would not require us to have a full audit accounting audit of our accounting practices before going public. Wow it wow. cost uh i think it was a quarter of a million dollars when jeez son like wow. 125 for the package and 125 to customize it
3: right right but i mean it
4: goes up from there when you start looking at the bigger packages made that's some true serious coin yes the the one from uh the other database manufacturer that isn't microsoft was quite a bit
0: more yeah well that's you know that's what you run your business with So anyway, uh, it was great talking to you, and thanks for letting us come here and talk to your group. We had a lot of fun, and you have a great group here. We really enjoyed ourselves. Well, thank you very much. We had a great time having you, and we hope to have you both back someday.
4: Thanks a lot. Thanks.
0: Bye.
5: Our next guest is Daniel Egan. Hi, Daniel. How you doing? So tell us about yourself. Uh, I'm a .NET developer, of course, as well. Uh, I also do uh, teaching. Uh, at the university and uh, private companies excellent yeah how 's that get going uh good keeps me busy i've um, been teaching at uh, cal State Fullerton for about uh, four and a half years or so.
0: What are your classes that you teach
5: um it 's actually a full net certification course nice yeah.
3: so you come away with a with a micro, an MS
5: uh, SD or no, actually, there's two MCSD. tracks. There's two tracks. They have a, a MCSD track yeah. um, with the Microsoft uh, books and everything, and then this is more of a uh, programming track. Oh, really? Uh, so you get deeper into stuff, and you can specialize in different uh, areas. Great.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, do, did you teach before .NET?
5: Did you teach other languages or other products? Or? Uh, Well, I started in VB6 and okay. just uh, started doing those classes, uh, but... It was right before .NET, so that was you know uh, one, one session I did in maybe right. six. So. so you've got to have some uh, projects going
0: on the side that you work on when you're not teaching? Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm, I'm a full-time
5: developer as well.
0: Oh, as well. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, When do you find time to teach if you're a full-time yeah, developer? At, at
5: night. Night school. Um, uh, cool. Yeah, Most of the classes are night at night. Classes. Some of them are during the day. Um, do classes as well as uh, teach at companies as well. Wow, so uh yeah, uh doing a lot of projects, most of them are business applications um a lot of them are uh, interrupting with uh, mainframes and and trying to get the new applications to work with the old uh, legacy stuff yeah so uh what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun uh this <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know with mark uh, and art, uh, we run a couple groups, so uh you know kind of our most of our uh, uh downtime is is doing this type stuff so wow
0: how many how many uh talks do you guys have here in a given month
5: um well these past few months have been really busy um with uh, a lot of stuff going on the launch events and all that all that mm-hmm. fun stuff we had a meeting 2 days ago um and then obviously tonight and mm-hmm. um uh so we run uh, two groups and uh so that's you know the first week of every month you know we got two meetings going on
0: wow and they both happen the same week so basically two nights a week plus right. a meeting
5: Right, plus a lot of times we'll go to the other groups as well um, wow. to, to support them. So
0: Cool. Yeah. So you got anything to plug? Yeah, my or book. Or stories you want to talk about? Sure.
5: Uh, my book uh, is uh, uh, Designing Websites with VB.net and .NET Nuke. Awesome. Um, yeah, so that's uh, been going well. I'm trying to work on the next uh, version of it for 4.0. So VB.net and .NET Nuke? Yeah. So you're building
3: components for .NET Nuke in, in VB.NET, is that really what it comes down to?
5: Yeah, actually the book uh, the book covers everything from administration to building modules to skins, uh, everything. Right. It came out about a year ago. Oh yeah. And is it doing well? Yeah, it's doing really well.
3: That's great. I mean, .NET Nuke is so popular. I just, you know, it almost seems strange you would say VB.NET with .NET Nuke, I would think ASP.NET with .NET Nuke, but I guess it makes sense if you're building
5: the underlying code for it. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, the whole application's written in, in VB.net, right. so.
0: So, got any fun stories to share? Anything weird ever happened here at the user group, or uh, any strange code you come across, or things that happened in class?
5: Uh, you know, the actually, the neatest thing, I don't know if it's strangest, uh, that I've been working with lately is, uh, obviously, Ajax is a huge yeah. thing, but uh, we're still in 1.1, um, so I've been working with the, you know, and I can't remember the author's name, but the uh, Ajax.net component, I'm mm-hmm. um, to work with 1.1, 1. 1, and right. uh, that actually works. It's really slick, it uh, works really well. We have it integrated into a couple applications that work. Yeah, I, th-
0: I remember downloading and using that before it worked. Uh, before yeah. it worked. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
5: All
0: right, Daniel. Well, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Nice and, meeting you uh, as well. It's been great talking to your group, and thanks. Great, thank you. Okay. Our next guest is Art Villa. Hi,
1: Art. Hey. Uh, so tell us about yourself. Well, uh, I'm uh, involved with software development in uh, Southern California, run a couple user groups, LAC Sharp and SoCal.net, co-founded uh, SoCal.net with Daniel Egan and uh, have a great great team with uh, Mark Rosenberg and Dave Wells and Dave Foderick and uh, folks that, that make it happen. So good stuff all around. So, when, and and you were, uh, I dealt with you on the email
0: about setting up logistics stuff for the event. Quite a bit. Thank you for that. It's great to, it's great dealing with user group leaders who are you know are very helpful in setting up the stuff that we will have no idea how to make it work once we pull in the driveway. You know that's about where, where it ends for us logistically.
1: Well, and you uh, guys came in and uh, it just uh, took things. Uh, it just were the rock stars out there and made it happen too. So it uh, it all came together very well.
0: So Art, other than your um, experience with the user group, what uh, what do you do? uh the rest of the time
1: well i i run a firm breakthrough business solutions and uh, i've got a couple teams uh doing software development uh you know working on projects at client sites and teams are really great and they they pretty much run themselves and and uh, i do business development and and uh try and hook into to new accounts and and uh put people to work and and uh make clients happy so you're the rainmaker I uh, do some rainmaking. Yeah, that's always it's
3: not an easy job, you know, in the in the development industry and in the tech industry in general, we we like working with the technology and building this stuff, but
1: somebody's got to run the business too, and that's often the part that people struggle with. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's a challenge, I mean, it's it's constantly trying to meet new people and and hook into, hey, you know, got a problem out there that we can help solve and let them know that we can do it. Right. And uh so it's uh but it's fun too because you meet people uh, in all kinds of different industries,
3: well everybody needs technology some way and, yeah. and it's funny how some industries are a lot more technically savvy than others, some are highly resistant to bringing technology in
1: and there's you know companies that have technologies that uh, that are just old and 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 hurting and so yeah. helping them get uh, get beyond that into the new stuff is uh, is sometimes a challenge to get them there but Boy, they they sure need it, and they they sure benefit from it.
0: Oftentimes, do you see? I know I do. That uh, you, you know, us being in the industry and being around user groups like this, we're always talking about what's new and what's coming, and and even what's just been. You know, it goes by so fast that for you know your average shop out there, this stuff blows by them so fast because you know they just don't know how to filter and sort this information. So you are ever surprised at the level of. Uh, you know how how far back in time you go. You know when you go into some of these shops, it's like in terms of what they're what they're struggling
1: with technology wise. Surprised? No. Um, but you know the the neat thing is that there's developers out there that use the old stuff mm. uh, that are that are into the new stuff too. And yeah. it's a, you know if you can find the right people to to plug in on the on the right projects and it it works out all around. Right. And uh so part of what I do is I I go out and try and find the right people. Mm-hmm. And uh and you know, get on the get on the horn, talk to people and network, you know, people in your network uh you know, com and, and and other folks uh just just put the the people together. So what's your uh, the URL to your uh, company? URL is uh www.breakthroughbiz.com and that's breakthrough b r e a k t h r o u g h b i z.com. Excellent. Right on. So I guess that's what you want to plug. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> that and the uh, and the user groups. Uh, yeah. the user groups uh, are doing great out here, and uh, a lot of good collaboration uh, with with neighboring groups. Yeah, and it's we just. noticed uh, this?
3: Yeah, I'm I'm really impressed. I mean, it seems uh, we've dealt with you on a bunch of different levels. I mean, one was getting the show set up, and we worked with so many different user groups. Uh, that was in a really wide range of experiences and Long Beach, while you were last in that sense and and so you know by the time we were finally talking to you, things were pretty organized. You guys made it really easy to get things done
1: well we set up the dot net nuke site early early on, and uh, you know daniel uh, set up the uh, the sub portal to to one of our main portals and and got the registration hooked in and and uh, we had a bunch of email addresses that we emailed e- emailed out, and people were able to hook into it so
3: and it's nice to see, I mean, I really get a sense this group is focused on its members. Yeah. Your energy seems to be all around. What do we do to support the community? And, uh, you know, not every group is like that. That's one of the experiences we've had going across the country. Different groups have different
1: motivations. And I here I only see the community. That's what we try and keep it to. And, uh, you know, it's important that uh, and, you know, we don't want to make it commercial. Uh, we want We want. We want to bring in great speakers and, and to talk about you know great products if you know if they've got stuff that uh, that'll really make an impact on uh, on de- on development, but uh, also to keep the tech in there and and and, uh, and make it real good for everybody. And Microsoft's helping, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. Woody's been great. Uh, he, Woody he, is great. We love yeah. Woody. Woody,
0: Woody, Woody, Woody.
3: <laughs> you know, Woody rode with us from Phoenix. That's what I hear. So he had a lot of fun. With it we, he was uh, an experience. Well, you yeah. guys saw some of the photos. Right. Walking through the drive-thru. <laughs> that
1: is hilarious.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, wouldn't gonna, I wasn't going to take that RV down there. We were going to get halfway around that corner, and that would be the end of it.
1: Yeah, try backing that out. Yeah,
3: no thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, well, you got any last-minute words before we pass the mic? I. Hey, uh, hi to my wife Tess. I've got a new. She uh, listens to the show, does she? She's listening. She she will listen to this show. I've got a new. Hi, Tess. (laughs) And I've got a little baby son that's on the way. Uh, First first one, uh, December twenty fifth, Christmas baby. Oh, uh, that's great! so uh, real, real proud and happy. Congratulations, Art. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you. And again, thanks thanks to the group. You guys are wonderful. Thank you, guys.
0: Our next guest is John Miller. Hi, John. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fine. So tell us about yourself.
6: Uh, I'm a software architect. I'm in, based in Orange County, which is just south of here. And I we're right now working on uh, some .NET applications and uh, just various .NET technologies. Mm-hmm. Cool. So
0: um, what kinds of stuff are you interested in, in terms of, you know, it's wide spectrum out right. there, specialize
6: in anything? Uh, well, right now we're doing a team system deployment, mm-hmm. get, trying to get up to speed on that, and uh, doing some WinForm applications, and working towards some ASP.NET stuff. Cool. Um, any fun projects you're working on at home? Your well, spare time? Spare time stuff. You know, uh, You know, in your... Take over the world time. Hey, take over the that. Yeah, well, basically, I've been affiliated with an OMG group that's working on business rules. Is that an Oh My God group? What is that? Yeah, the that's our o- Object Management Group. Uh, oh. yeah. it's the, basically, it's a business rule specification. It was just ratified uh, about a month ago, and I'm um, working with Unisys, who's doing a tool that's going to incorporate that in terms of business rule modeling. And
0: so, this is when you get home from work, you're working on this. Well,
6: yeah, that's this. <laughs> this is not paid stuff.
0: So. okay, all right, all right, cool. Yeah. So, uh, are you a regular here at the group? Are you
6: affiliated administratively with the group at all? Uh, not, not officially affiliated, but I do come up quite often, and I'm familiar with everybody here. Yeah.
3: Do you want to talk about this OMG a bit? I, I find it fascinating the idea of trying to codify the whole business rules engine into something that's you know diverse enough to cover every kind of rule you might think
6: of. Right. It's very. It's a very ambitious effort, and I, uh, you know, the idea is. It was that the OMG put out an RFP that said we're looking for ideas in terms of how to formalize business rules, and the group that came together was a, a, a group of pra- practitioners, a group of people that had experience formalizing some some linguists, and they they produced a response to that proposal that tries to address those issues and tries to come up with a notation and a way in which you can specify a business rule in a way in an unambiguous form so that it can be communicated and then uh, hopefully, since it is a formal rule, it can be acted on and executed on at some point.
3: So are we talking about sort of a modeling tool, kind of a UML for uh, business rule?
6: Well, ideally, yeah, that will happen, but it starts off with just a formalized English in a sense. Right. You're just really describing it. and the, Trying to
3: develop a glossary of terms, I mean, well, a consistent have that, way yeah, of exactly. describing you, things. You
6: start off with a glossary of terms. You de- de- declare vocabularies and what those vocabularies are, and uh, you know vac- who. And, and in fact, you, the vocabularies are associated with different groups because different people have may use the same term in different ways right, right. or have different terms for the same thing. This is
3: really an issue of English here where we use words uh, all kinds of crazy oh, right, ways. Right,
6: right, right. And you need, you know, you need to in, in a in a business sense, you have to understand what those vocabularies are sure. before you can really actually decide how to solve a problem. Yes. And so that's where you start and then you start to start to express rules in those terms and you express them, you know, in, in in the, in the language that the business people understand so that way you know what they mean and you do it in a formalized way so that you're unambiguous in terms of how you're spec- specifying right. them. I mean, I,
3: when I think about my job as a consultant, it's understanding the business's terms quickly. Right. right. You, know, that you only you only get about Monday morning to do that. Right. And then getting into describing how technical or technology can facilitate those processes. I mean, really, the whole job of a consultant is to get those business rules codified in some kind of way. But we each have our own technique to do it.
6: Right. And this is a way, or at least, an effort towards trying to come up with a means for defining a standardized language to which we can do something like that.
3: So you're really in an early phase with this, just trying to come up with standardized language. There's no technology around this yet.
6: No, no actually Unisys has a tool that they demonstrated at the PDC, hmm. which basically does, does this effort. So it understands the, underlying meta model that describes what a business role is and allows you to specify those roles. And it will actually analyze those roles and convert those into a database structure that allows you to store the information. Wow. So it's a very impressive technology. It's What's not, the input
3: like? How do you put this in? It's
6: just a uh, basic uh, English language. Oh, really? Yeah.
3: So th- that sounds again, very UL- UML-y that, you know, this object has instances of this, that kind of type of behavior but for business roles
6: yes yeah, so it's definitely more at a conceptual level uml i think is much more logical level in terms of how it describes right. the system
3: yeah i mean definitely a different role but a similar concept
6: yeah yeah and then there's a group in and um in utah that's doing a a north face university uh actually i think it's they just changed the name. But anyway, they're doing a tool also that's oriented to that's oriented. Well, to you got to know
3: there's more than one effort going on in this right. area.
6: And I think IBM might be actually doing something For sure. as well. For
3: yeah, sure. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all.
6: And some of this is based on uh, object role modeling technology. Right. Which is uh, also a conceptual modeling tool that specifies business rules.
0: Mm-hmm. What I'm interested in is how does the how do the business rules get out of the database and out of the
6: documentation and actually into code? Well, that's the whole idea behind formalization. One of the one of the RFP requirements was that it. This is not just a way of specifying rules, just writing them down because we can all do that. Right. It's it's the way you specify it has to be formalized and unambiguous, and that provides a mathematical foundation on which these business rules are built. And once you have that, you can start to transform those things into other, more formalized structures that are not. But
0: they have to be see. interpreted by by the coders
6: from no, the documentation no, no, no. this this
0: so you're talking about transforming this actually right. into
6: direct yeah. okay. directly from business rules into implementations of those rules okay. and you can do this you 've been able to do this already with ARM sure. to a certain degree already right. so right. that's it's not a a foreign concept but't no, no. it's taken i I, I, I what, just meant how did you how do you do it oh how do I do it yeah well. If you describe a a business role in a conceptual language which mm-hmm. the business users understand that you can validate mm-hmm. then you then basically you take that formalized specification and you and there are you know, known algorithms for analyzing for example orm models mm-hmm. that group those things into structures that are applied to particular okay. application domains so and one transformation might produce a database structure another transformation might produce an object model yeah uh, another transformation might be a data warehouse sure. Right. Well, the idea is, is you so up. you're
0: writing you're writing all the code that does those transformations, as well as the or are you using existing technology? Well, some existing technology exists yeah. for
6: that. Some of it is a code that I've written, yeah. or something like that.
0: It sounds really exciting. It's very cool stuff. Uh, you have anything uh, a website for this? Uh, is there any anything anyone can go look at yet? Or yeah,
6: I have a, a website that's related to this called ORM Central, O R M Central mm-hmm. dot com. Great. Well, we'll be. Sure to check that out. All right, great. Thanks for talking to us. No, it's my pleasure. Thank okay, you. John. Bye.
0: Our next guest is Rock Ratner.
2: Hi there. Hi. Well, you guys sure did put on an interesting show. I, I've heard many, many seminars, but that uh, Clementine thing was just unbelievable. <laughs>
0: and that had nothing to do with .NET, did <laughs> Absolutely <it? laughs> nothing.
2: By the way, you do know what .NET stands for, don't you? No, know it's that. New esoteric terminology. Ah! (laughs) Yes, it certainly is. So, uh, tell us about yourself, Rock. Oh, I'm kind of a strange bird. I'm in. I'm in the crack between everything. I I find myself almost uh, always the in between guy. Yeah. Um.
0: Interesting choice of words there, crack.
2: (laughs) So I thought you were going to say that's more appropriate than it sounds. (laughs) No, actually, I'm a CTO. And uh, I'm the guy that, uh, on on one hand, I talk with all the developers and and all those people. On the other hand, I talk with all the investment bankers. Right. And of course, neither understands the other. And so you're I, a babblefish. I'm basically. a babble fish, yeah, yeah. Yes, that's that's what I'm. I'm <laughs> the guy in the crack. <laughs>
0: right, okay, now I understand
2: your turn. Okay, don't make sense.
3: so this is not just the crack you've fallen into, but the crack you're up against.
2: Uh, <laughs> in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that would be the number two definition. <laughs> so what are you thinking about these days? Oh, what am I thinking about? Oh, my goodness. Um, well, actually, I was going to tell you a funny story okay. first. Um, Please. I go about as far back in computers as you can. My father was one of the first computer consultants in the country. He was one of those guys who was a chief accountant when they had rooms full of uh, people with adding machines. Wow. And so I grew up uh, five, six years old, and you know I've had nothing but programmers around me all my life. Mm-hmm. But I thought I'd tell you a real interesting story from the old days. Lay on me. Okay. Now, you have, to, you have to do a little bit of time travel here. You have to think about the 50s. You have to think about what the movies were then. You have to think about My Favorite Martian, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? My favorite Martian is Mark Millah.
6: Mine too. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: The the original uh alienware. Yeah. No comment from Mark, apparently. Okay. So anyways, so Dad is sitting here talking with the uh, CEO of this uh, you know, billion dollar company. And he's trying to convince them that all these adding machines are insane and you really ought to computerize. And this was a year-long project because computers were weird. And big. And big and expensive and unknowable. Yeah. Okay. So uh, they finally put them in, and they were very mechanical. We're talking about card sorters and printers and all that. Mm. And had a night op that would run the same program every night. And he happened to like music a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what he would do is he would, he was very physical, Uh and I don't know on the radio if I can describe this, but he would sit there, wave to the music and his head's bobbing, and he would point all of a sudden and say, card sorter. And by God, the card sorter would start sorting <laughs> because he knew the, the rhythm of the right. program. It was yeah, a mechanical yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. And then he'd go with wow his head back and forth a few times. And then he'd say, uh, printer. They'd and the printer would start printer. printing out yeah. Well, he's running the same program for a couple of months. He's getting very good at this. Yes, right. <laughs> okay. So stage is set. So, he also, of course, likes music. He's doing this to the music. And he had a pair of earphones with the great big half circles on each side of the head with an antenna coming out. (laughs) (laughs) Sort of my my favorite Martian look. So, he's sitting in there listening to this radio, pointing at things. And, and, okay. Yeah. So, the CEO of the company has got a a cross-country trip, and he'd left his briefcase He left his briefcase in the office, and about 2 o'clock in the morning, he comes to the office to get his briefcase, and he walks past the computer room. And he's never seen this guy. He's He's never seen this guy. The the wall is glass, right? Yeah. And he sees this guy waving his head and pointing at machines, and they do things, right? (laughs) This is an absolute true story. This CEO goes running out the parking lot, screaming, and what he said is, and now I know how they really do it. Uh. (laughs) It took dad two weeks to calm the guy down. Oh, man. All all is not what it seems all the time, right? (laughs) I think it's a little bit still that way. (laughs) Yeah. Wow, that's great, Rock. (laughs) Okay, well, uh, a little bit about what I'm doing. Um, I'm doing a lot with vaporware right now. Uh, I'm trying to put together a bunch of Wall Street people and a bunch of investment bankers and uh, a bunch of programmers and we're doing something similar to John, except we're doing it in a very different way. What we're doing is we're coming up with a system so that without knowing a stock symbol, without knowing anything about it, so somebody can sit there and say, I want to know every company that's in, I don't know, pharmaceuticals. Sector some sector, and I want to know anybody who's got uh, a big increase in funding in the last 30 days and uh, whose stock is up 10% and uh, they're working on vaccines anywhere in the world. And once I say that, that's a good till canceled request and I don't care maybe there's none this week or this month, but next month, something fits that criteria. And five minutes after the uh, CEO of the company makes that announcement, it's on his Palm Pilot, hmm. that that company just had such and such a news release anywhere in the world. And if it was in Portugal, it's translated from Portuguese into English. That's cool.
3: Now, I'm still not sure how this connects to John's uh, ORM models.
2: Well, the thing is, it's a lot like that, because how do you describe situations that you're looking for? Right. And it turns out that um, meaning, the whole concept of meaning, has got a community about a third the size of the programming community that's been working on these things things like uh natural language things like artificial intelligence um ontologies uh if for people who don't know what ontology is uh best example would be like say your yellow pages yeah okay so in your yellow pages how do you come up with the list of headings that makes sense you can't have a heading be too big too many items no point in having one too small they got to relate to each other, okay. It turns out that there are millions and millions and millions of dollars spent in those ontological uh, pursuits pursuits yeah um, and it turns out that what we 're doing is we 're creating an on, an ontology for business that is strictly about meaning for example say you said you're an investor and you said you know what i think labor issues are going to affect stock prices and so i want to know every company that has a labor issue now you go to google you type in labor workforce yeah good luck human resources trabajo right labor with a u for england how do you find such a thing?
3: Yeah, I mean that's in, you're really looking for a relationship between two things. There.
2: It's it's again the the core is ontologies, which is the meanings. How do you categorize meanings?
0: So, uh, you know, off the top of my head, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking metadata, metadata, metadata is what I'm thinking. Tagging and associating, and
2: well, that's really complex, isn't it? It's well, now here's the other side. The reason why artificial intelligence people have been up against the wall is because too many computer cycles. Yeah. Okay. Now, say I was going to make this available to everyone in the world, and I'm talking about google size bandwidth. Yeah. How many cycles can I afford for each query? Mm. Mm. Good point. So uh, that's why the, uh, the natural language people and all these people that want to do it on an ad hoc basis are just – spinning their wheels. So there is a solution to this. Uh, if I told you, I'd have to kill you. All right.
1: <laughs>
4: we, get we get that a lot here. But anyways, you
2: can, you can see where I had to come up after John. Because sure. uh, when you start talking about universal categorization of meanings of broad-scoped items, it's a fascinating subject. Well,
3: even just trying to get a standardized way to describe what a business does. Exactly. You know, because you, on the other hand, you've got marketing doing their very best to differentiate, which is really mean to make sure you look different than the other guy, even if you guys do the same thing. So you've got a plenty of effort to hide meaning while you're trying to standardize meaning.
2: You're trying to standardize meaning. But you see, the business community on at least an investment level, they need to entice an investor. Yeah. Right. And so, therefore, they, before anybody's going to give you a billion dollars for, you know, to build a new concrete factory or whatever it is, you're going to have to make, they're going to have to know what you're doing. Right. Yeah. And so,
3: the, having those standards is useful there. Then you also got to then go to the differentiators. I'm different than
2: the cement makers out there for this reason. Exactly. Yeah. But you see, it's, we don't have to start on this. The problem that a lot of programmers have. Is there too involved with programming? <laughs> no, seriously. You have to. They don't know about a huge community of people who have been studying meaning. There are PhDs in meaning.
0: Well, and I guess you, you would you could counter that by saying that's all they should know, right? I mean, if there are programmers and then there are developers and architects, right? Exactly. So, you know, the, it depends on what's expected of them, you know?
2: It, I, guess, I guess my message to the, to the programming community is— Find think, some of these people and learn well, from them. Well, not just find some of these people, but look beyond your specialty. Yeah. In other words, when you get down to it, programming is just a tool.
0: Mark's shaking his head at me, looking at me like I'm some kind of idiot. (laughs) No, the message
2: is, pull your head out of your ass. (laughs) I'm trying to be polite here, man. (laughs) You you, you said that incorrectly. It's pull your head out of your crack.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Rock, thanks for talking to us, man. This is great. Thank (laughs) you. Our next guest is James Johnson. Hi, James. Hey. How are you? So tell us about yourself. Well... I'm the
7: president and founder of the Inland Empire .dot net Users Group. We just had our second anniversary. Um, having a lot of fun doing that. Doing what I can to support it, to generate membership, to get sponsors. Very cool. So how membership. many how many people do you have over there? Well, I've got 120 people on the mailing list. Great. Uh, we get a Netta group. Yeah, a Netta yep. group. Um, we get. Twenty people at a meeting show up. Cool, and this is in the San Bernardino area, or Riverside, yeah. or San Bernardino. Cool, um, but we cover San Bernardino, Riverside, Loma Linda, Redlands. Because you know, I used to live in Loma Linda. Yeah, now you know, we were telling San me San that. Today.
0: Yeah, is Canyon Cottage still there? Little grinder shop. You know, you know what I'm talking about.
7: Mm, going through Del Richie Canyon.
0: Yeah, I th- it's in on the way towards. It's towards Riverside from Loma Linda. It's just up on the up on a hill somewhere. They make the best pastrami grinders I've ever had in my yeah, life. Yeah, this is the
7: almost famous restaurant. On yeah. It, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: awesome. Hey, you know it's these little things that uh, that keep me excited about. Nothing wrong with a good sandwich. Oh, this was the best pastrami sandwich I ever had ever. Well, ever. I'm glad that someone else knows about the Inland Empire.
3: Yeah, uh, uh, what is an Inland Empire anyway? What is that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, there's so many different suburbs of L.A., and they stretch out for hundreds of miles, right? So so the, you got to sort of coagulate them somehow and give them a name in that. Right. So Inland Empire covers what? Riverside, San Bernardino, Clenden, Belinda, Rialto, Clenden, Rialto, Ontario. Redlands, maybe? Yeah, Redlands.
3: And what defines the borders for the Inland Empire? It's just a county,
7: right? Really? Well, it's, it's two counties, San Bernardino County and Riverside County. Okay. Um some people make fun of us. They call us the Valley of the Dirt people.
0: You know, uh, I lived in Loma Linda for two weeks before I realized there were mountains there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One day I come out, I'm like, hey! <laughs> yeah, it's also called the Valley of Smoke, you know. Yeah, and you can't, can't really see it till you get it. Maybe that's why they call it the Inland Empire, because it's a geographically locked location, right? I mean, you have to... That's true, that's true. There are mountains on every side, except for west, of course. Uh, Yeah, and then
7: there's gridlocked freeways. Right. Like, it took me two hours to get here today. So. Yeah,
0: absolutely crazy. It took us two hours, too, but we came from San Diego.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what do you do when you're not uh, running the user group?
7: I work for ESRI, Environmental Systems Research Institute. We're the leader in GIS software. Great. And I work as a internet application developer. So, what turns you on about .NET these days? All the new, the new stuff. Yeah,
0: ASP.NET mostly,
7: yeah. or yeah, I've I've been playing around with Visual Basic since version three.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so,
3: uh, are you going to get to use two or uh, the the new framework in Studio two thousand five, or is it going to be a while at the SRI? Uh, that's kind of a sore subject.
7: Uh, I'm the only is. .NET guy in my group. Uh-oh. Oh. Yes, we um, use uh, ColdFusion. Oh. oh. Yes,
3: and. Uh,
1: <laughs> one
3: more, one more. Oh. oh. <laughs> now, yeah. I mean, ColdFusion was first, right? I mean, they were before ASP and everything else, there was ColdFusion.
7: Yeah, they came about at the same time, yeah, but yeah. ColdFusion was first. Yeah,
3: no, I mean, not by a whole lot, but it had been around a long time.
7: Yeah. Most everybody else has moved on, haven't they? <laughs> yes, yes. Most everybody else has moved on. Yeah. But I am uh, starting a, a, a new position at work. Um, we, we, we're we starting to help our own developers, our own GIS user groups. Mm-hmm. And because of my experience with the Inland Empire user group, I've been asked to
3: start this new program. So a community champion for GIS. Yeah, I'll be like Woody. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Woody! Hey! <laughs> your next stop? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody can be
0: like Woody. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you got anything to plug or push or smack or talk about? Smack? Yeah, smack down, you know? Somebody want to say, your ass is mine! Something yeah, like that. Yeah, Cold Fusion, you know? You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know kind of like, like the, the wrestling, wrestling shows. people
7: that say that .NET sucks, you know? It's like yeah, they do say that me. too.
0: I had a couple Cold Fusion people in a class once, and that was their conclusion after you know the fourth day. It's, this sucks.
2: I need to translate again. What James just said is, all you Cold Fusion
0: developers out there, you can kiss my ass.
6: <laughs> okay, and after
7: that, Mark, uh, Mark, can I work for you now? Because
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, man. <laughs> I know where you live.
7: (laughs) (laughs) Nothing Um, to plug, James? Yeah. I I want to plug the InlandEmpire.net users group. Yes. uh, org. Excellent. So if you're in the area, just uh, when do you meet? We meet on the second Tuesday of every month. Excellent.
0: Thank you very much, James. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I'm glad you guys came out. Thanks. Okay.
8: Our next guest is Stephen Rose. Hi, Stephen. How you doing? So, what do you do? I am uh, actually here as a .NET voyeur. I'm actually come from the other end. I'm a I'm an i S C. I'm MCSE.
0: scared, Stephen. I'm scared. You sure you want to? <laughs> Edit point. Cut. Hold it.
2: <laughs>
8: Don't be doing that to .net. <laughs> that wrong. Um I actually uh, I uh, MCSE, MCT. I actually train. I teach at uh, Cal State Fullerton. I do a lot of awesome. consulting, and uh, I like to I like to learn the other half. I have a lot of students who are sort of going, "How is what I'm learning going to fit in with a lot of stuff that you guys are doing?" You know, we're getting away from packaged apps. We're looking at web based applications, SQL back. How is all this going to come together? How does it affect security? How does it affect sort of bringing it together? I know Daniel and he and I spent a lot of time sort of chatting as he goes, okay, I'm going to do this. How does it work on the front end? And sort of fitting in with Rock? Set? I'm, I'm the guy who's trying to pull his hat out of his uh, butt and try to... <laughs> be on the other end so of is
0: seeing any of this stuff you know uh make you wish you were a developer
8: it's it's exciting stuff um a Kinda lot of looks f- cool huh? a lot of the phone app stuff i think is just great it's one of the yeah. directions that a lot of my clients say is there a way we can tie in our palms or tie in our windows ce devices where we can barcode scan this and, and bring it together and use you know the phones and all the tools that we're currently working with and make it work for us
3: sure well they're all carrying them they might as well be part of the
8: process right? exactly
3: Exactly. One less thing you need to carry
8: around. Well, that's it. They have their laptop. They got their palm. They got their cell phone. How can I get this all together, but still keep the buttons big enough because I got fat little fingers and I can't push them. So, so
0: how far are we from men wearing purses? Uh, a, man, a
8: man bag man kind bags. of thing?
0: Yes. When, uh, is, it
8: that, when is that going to be chic? <laughs> Dude, you're only
0: like about like 30 miles away, man, that.
6: Okay. But you really want to the, go there tonight. on okay? eight
8: blocks, we could kind of take you down if
0: you want to. You, know, so. you know, what we really need is we need a geek utility belt.
8: Belt, don't we? <laughs> so don't we? A bat belt? A bat belt. I, I mean, think
0: about it. We could put batteries along the segments of the belt and then just hang our devices off of these things, and we could walk around and go, ah, yeah, 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 And then we could sort of judge ah. each other
8: by battery life. Absolutely. Who has the most battery life so yeah, you'd wins. have sort
0: of a color indicator right on the front,
8: you know? But then, again, everybody be, like, looking down
0: at you all the time, and it wouldn't be cool. Actually, so. I think the
8: gauge is who can wear out the batteries fast enough <laughs> because they have so many devices. <laughs> they can actually suck the juice faster than others. <laughs> I think it's kind of the way it works, you know. I'm just imagining all these pants falling down from the weight (laughs)
3: of
0: batteries being
8: pulling them off. Right.
0: Okay, uh, well, I don't know how to get out
8: of that one. Help me here, Steven. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're they're a great group here, and uh, I think it's very informative. I like being able to bring back, you know, the information at least that I can comprehend and wrap my head around pretty carefully and and bring it back to my guys who say, you know, what are the types of questions I'm going to run into and how can I help? developers like yourselves to be more secure, to integrate these applications, understand how both ends of the, the server other side
0: work. of that is you contributing to the group. Do you do that in any way? Because you obviously bring a
8: different perspective. I'd like to join more, but uh, they keep doing these meetings on Wednesday nights, and I teach class on Wednesday nights. Ah. So it's a Friday night, and I am here, so here I, I'm, I'm well, going to try to do more. Plus, obviously, you're an
3: experienced speaker and so forth, so you'd have no problem getting up in front of the crowd and delivering some
8: material. No. Actually, I got invited to speak at the Code Camp, so I'll probably take some of stuff from my end and... And bring that in. and uh, That'd be something I would like to see because, you know, as a developer, I don't get to see that kind of stuff a lot. No, it's it's great. It's a chance for me to meet some of these guys and ask questions and get some insight and vice versa. So it's very cool. symbiotic. Stephen, like a trill, almost.
0: Yes. Stephen, do you have uh, anything to plug
8: for us tonight? I really don't. Uh, I'll plug Daniel's book. It's it's a great book. I've enjoyed reading it. Uh, the parts <laughs> I understood, I really got through. And some of the skinning stuff was great. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. if you're looking to... They make a great stocking stuffer. Pick them up. The kids love them. He's, uh, he's passing you some cash <laughs> there. You know where to take it. We'll just break while you go and pick up that big wad there. No Absolutely. Problem. So, no, it's been great. And uh, thank you for inviting me. You bet. Thanks for talking to us. My pleasure. Okay.
3: Okay, now I'm scared. <laughs> Hold on,
4: the police are outside. They want to know what we're doing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Wait
3: a minute. What What were the comments
7: a little while about? Go about going about.